Welcome to a new episode of Moving the Pile, a podcast that provides insights on how your corn and soybean checkoffs are keeping the pile moving. On today's episode, we're discussing a newly launched B20 Club of Indiana. With us, we have farmer and Indiana Soybean Alliance board member, Jim Douglas. Welcome to Moving the Pile, Jim. Thank you, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. You know, something our listeners may not know is that 289 million pounds of soybean oil from Indiana soybeans goes to producing biodiesel. In fact, biodiesel is the second largest user of soybean oil in the United States, growing in demand 300% in the last decade. The Indiana Soybean Alliance has been investing in expanding the biodiesel use for several years. A new collaboration between the Indiana Soybean Alliance and the American Lung Association recognizes and supports select Indiana-based fleets running on biodiesel blends of 20% or higher. This new fleet recognition program is called B20. Jim, can you tell us about B20, how it was formed, and what the goal of the program is? Yes, and uh, thank you, Kevin. The B20 Club was created to recognize and support Indiana-based fleets running on biodiesel blends of 20% or higher. And the goal is to encourage more fleets to use B20 fuel year round in order to contribute to cleaner air and a more sustainable operations. The, the B20 Club is a great way to tell the stories of fleets in diverse applications that are protecting the health of residents and the environment by reducing diesel emissions through the use of biodiesel. Biodiesel provides an important market for Indiana soybean farmers. So we are thrilled to welcome the inaugural members of our new relationships with the American Lung Association. We look forward to working with them to expand the use of biodiesel in Indiana. The first four fleets include the city of Fort Wayne. The city of Fort Wayne operates its award-winning municipal fleet of more than 300 diesel vehicles from fire engines to street sweepers to plow trucks on B20. The city began using B20 blends of biodiesel in 2004, making it the oldest municipal B20 program in the state. Second, Ball State University is the first university to fleet to join the B20 club with 31 transit buses using B20 since 2009. Ball State has has a long-standing commitment to protecting and enhancing the environment through all aspects of its operation, including the use of low-carbon biofuels like biodiesel. Al Warren Oil Company is a family-owned business specializing in petroleum marketed based in the Hammond, Indiana, that not only sells B20, but uses it in its 42 fuel delivery vehicles, consuming more than 500,000 gallons each year. So, you know, anytime there's a fuel blend that comes out, there's always the question as to what kind of engines can run on B20. Any diesel engine can run on B20 without modifications. I've personally uh, been using uh, B20, B11 for numerous years now with no problems on our farm, farm and truck equipment here. So, Jim, if businesses or organizations want to get involved and join the B20 club, how do they go about doing that? Uh, contact uh, b20clubindiana.org to find out more about joining. Contact ISA. Um, it's very easy to accomplish that. So, Jim, tell me why a company would want to be involved in the B20 Club. 
Well, I think if you're concerned uh, about the environment, uh, I mean, the B20 is going to leave, leave less of a carbon footprint. Um, it also uh, is supported by the American Lung Association. And so it, it's just a good practice to take advantage of and also will typically lower the price of your fuel. So what materials and resources are there for those who want to learn more about B20? So uh, part of the program is the uh, ISA will help with uh, technical assistance, learning how to maximize B20 benefits. They'll also help with your fuel storage tank inspections and give you guidance on fuel quality best practices to incorporate. So as I mentioned earlier, ISA has been investing in expanding the biodiesel use for several years now. How do you think this program grows on those goals? Well, in the past, ISA has encouraged in the use and understanding of biodiesel by hosting biodiesel mechanics trainings, distributing a soybean biodiesel science kit to high schools, and maintaining relationships with our biodiesel producers right here in the state. The B20 Club expands on those programs to offer more opportunities to widen this growing market of Indiana soybeans. So, Jim, for the farmers that are listening today, you know, what, what does more B20 use mean for them? The B20 Club is one of Indiana Soybean Alliance's checkoff program that is designed to increase the awareness and demand for biodiesel. The biodiesel is produced locally from agricultural products like soybean oil that are produced right here in Indiana. In fact, according to the National Biodiesel Board, it accounts for an extra 13% in the soybean farmer's pocket. In addition, biodiesel has positively impacted the price of soybean meal for U.S. soy's biggest customers, the poultry and livestock industries. Indiana is a top 10 producer of biodiesel compared to other states and averages over 100 million gallons annually. That's good news for farmers' profitability and our local economy. So once again, Jim, where do people go to get information on the B20 Club of Indiana? For more information, you can go to b20clubindiana.org. Also go on Indiana Soybean Alliance's website. Uh, our biofuels director, Alina Jetty, would be available to help anybody get started with the program. Well, Jim, I'd like to thank you for uh, participating in our program today. Next up, we'll have a market report from our Senior Director of Grain Production and Utilization, Mr. Ed Ebert. Ed? Thank you, Kevin. Welcome to another Moving the Pile podcast. Time for another market update as we move into planting season for much of the U.S. The market has consolidated and established trading ranges based on current supply and demand news. Looking at the current weather for the U.S., the market will continue to be concerned about dryness in the desert southwest and the continued drought in northwest Iowa. Areas of concern stretch from Texas through the Delta and now also include portions of the Eastern Corn Belt. The drought monitor will be closely watched by the market as we move into the spring. Crude oil suffered a setback last week, down over $4.50 on one day on news that peak oil demand has occurred. WTI traded up to almost $60 and is now trading at $59, a drop of almost $10 per barrel in less than one week. Export shipments and commitments to China are dwarfing the rest of the market on both corn and soybeans. Corn commitments to China are an astonishing 18.9 million metric tons this year, and soybean commitments to China 
China are equally impressive at 36.4 million metric tons. Much of the driving force behind the additional demand to soybean relates back to delays in the Brazilian harvest pace. Although Brazil and Argentina are now catching back on to that pace, the start of their harvest campaign has put several crushing plants in China in the awkward position of having to take down time due to logistical delays in soybean deliveries. This delay has allowed the U.S. to remain a supplier much longer into the marketing year and will likely reduce the amount of soybean sales that are either canceled or moved to new crop positions. Again, this demonstrates the reliability of logistical execution of U.S. soybeans to all of our global customers. The March WASDE report was largely unremarkable, with the U.S. corn and soybean balance sheets virtually unchanged from February. As there was little news to move the market, the market for both crops are trading range-bound, awaiting the release of the USDA Prospective Plantings Report on March 31st. It bears repeating, at these price levels, you will continue to ration demand for both commodities, although feeding economics in the U.S. have improved for virtually all sectors, with higher prices more than offsetting increases in feed cost. Corn is trading sideways to slightly lower pattern of 538 to 556, and soybeans are trading in a higher pattern of 1414 to 1430. So what's the market looking for next? Delays to the Brazilian export program and delayed plantings of the second crop corn, Safrinha, continue to be watched closely. The March Prospective Plantings Report, which will be released March 31st, Ethanol Demand and General Economic Direction, spring weather forecasts, and again watching that drought monitor. China demand moving old crop corn purchases to new crop will be a concern. The variant African swine fever outbreak in China is also something that needs to be watched from a demand perspective. And the dollar index is slowly climbing, which is making U.S. grains less competitive against other competitors on the global scene. Thank you for listening to another edition of Moving the Pile. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Well, Ed, thanks. We'll be back soon with another episode of Moving the Pile, keeping you informed on what your checkoffs are doing to keep the beans and corn moving. Subscribe to the latest updates by texting CHECKOFF to 833-740-2009.